welcome to FreedomCast, a podcast dedicated to interviewing star icons and entrepreneurs who have encouraged others to become more healthy and active. My name is Ashton, and it's my pleasure to host you as we take another trip through the fitness industry. It's entertaining and informative, and I hope it makes fitness more exciting and special to you in your own fitness journey. FreedomCast is supported by Freedom Fitness Equipment in Charlotte, North Carolina. Freedom Fitness Equipment serves the health and fitness community nationwide, from free weights and strength equipment for home gyms and studios, to cardio and conditioning equipment for commercial spaces. Check them out at freedomfitnessequipment.com. Let's get rolling with today's show. Be here. So this is Michelle Moe uh, from MoeStronger.com. Um, she's a professional powerlifter and just an awesome person to be around. And uh, we've just been chatting a little bit, so this is a continuation of our conversation. I really wanted to interview you in particular because um, I really enjoy w- in interviewing women in powerlifting uh, who are encouraging other women to do the same th- kinds of things. And our audience is kind of a mixed bunch, so I thought it would be perfect. But um, can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into powerlifting and lifting professionally? Sure. So I started, I was about, well, first of all, I raised my kids and they're now grown. But during that time, I had tried every type of boot camp, workout, going to the YMCA, whatever home workout I wanted to try to to tone and lose weight. Um, And then I started to run. I found running and I have, I ran for years, had uh, half marathons I've run, 5Ks, 10Ks, that was my sport to maintain my weight, feel healthy. Um, I didn't really enjoy it that much. (laughs) It was kind of a lot of work, but I did it for years. From there, I started doing CrossFit, and I really enjoyed CrossFit. Mm -hmm. I liked the community. I liked learning how to lift weights. That's where I first learned how to lift weights and lift a bar and train heavy. Um, I did CrossFit for about five years. Just recently in the last three years, I've had to stop so I could focus mostly on lifting, training, competing. Um, But CrossFit is where I fell in love with the barbell. Okay. Gotcha. And I wanted to do more of that and just focus on the barbell work. Awesome. And uh, then what got you into professionally powerlifting? What was was the (laughs) impetus for even getting into that? Because most people, if there's at least in my experience, you stick with CrossFit, you become part of the the club and like, that's it from there on out. Well, I think we all inspire others in some way and we just don't know it. So what inspired me was I have two grown daughters and they have always lifted and competed. So they started when they were both at App State, they trained at the gyms there and then they, they would go to meets and compete. Well, I finally went to watch them at one of their meets. It was in Tennessee and I traveled there with them to watch them both in a meet. They both did very well, actually. They're very strong. Um, some over there. Um, so I went and watched them at a meet. And I'm sitting in the stands watching how, this, how everything runs. People are coming out. They're lifting heavy. They're doing squats and deadlifts and things that I do. And I'm like, this is pretty cool. Well, there's some women in the meet. It's mostly men, but there's women in this meet, and some were older, like my age. Mm-hmm. And one woman had on a CrossFit shirt, and so I stopped her and asked her, I said, do you do CrossFit and power lift? And she said, yeah, I do both. Oh. And I thought, well, I can do both. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> so that's really when it started, and that was four years, five years ago. Okay. Um, I've only been competing for four years, but I've been training for five. And so I came home, and on the advice of my two girls, they helped me find a coach, and I worked with a remote coach who wrote workouts, programming, and I trained for my first meet. And I really loved it. And since then, I've been doing about two to three meets a year. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Okay. How does the meet prep work um, as far as peaking and getting to that point? Because uh, is it true that most folks will only do maybe one or two per year or are you, I mean, is it, uh, it's obviously possible to do two to three per mm-hmm. year, but is there a continuous peaking that you have to get to before you get to the meet? So it's really best to not do more than two a year, okay. but with all, all the shutdowns we've had in the last year or so, it's been crazy trying to find a meet and do a meet this year. I've already done two, which is not ideal. Okay. I, I usually do a spring meet and a fall meet 
and it is true you do have to train for it you have to peak for it it's about a 12 to 16 week week meat prep um, to get you to that meat so you're primed ready to go you're at your strongest you're at your peak and the rest of the year you're just trying to build strength I personally like meat prep I like to see what I'm capable of I like the challenge Mm -hmm. I like the weight cut I like the heavy lifting I just love it all so I like to stay in meat prep although my coach is like "Mm, you can't stay in meat prep all the time (laughs) and this year was really hard when I stayed in meat prep since the beginning of this year I did a meet in March that I planned to do and then nationals came up and USAPL had not had one last year so it was kind of announced last minute that it's going to be in June typically in the fall so everyone was scrambling to try to prep for this meet in June. Well, I already had a meet planned in March, and so I did that meet and then went right back into another meet prep wow. for June. So I've just come off of a six month basic meat prep, weight cut, everything. Oh <laughs> I was feeling pretty trashed about a week ago. <laughs> no kidding. I mean, what's the, what's the mentality like having to, you know, commit for that long and, and going into it? I mean, it's not, you're not, you know, it's just not just, oh, I'm just trying to get muscle and I can t- kind of take my time. I can't imagine what uh, you're going through mentally to try to prepare for all of that. It is hard. I will say it's hard, but everything in life is hard yeah. to, if I choose not to train, that's hard. People that choose, you know, other things, maybe they choose to skip the workout, that's hard too. I know that if I don't go out and train, I know that'll fall on me the day of the meet. If I don't perform well, that's on me. If I don't track my food and measure my food and make weight the day of the meet, that's on me. So it's in the back of your mind, yes, this is hard, But I really, like I said, I love it. I like to see what my body can do Mm -hmm. at this age. I'm 52 now. Nice. So I like to see how much I can lift, how lean I can get, what my body can do. I think there's a myth that says as we age, we have to get weaker, we have to gain weight, and we have to feel bad. And that's not the case. We can feel good and we can train heavy for ourselves. I mean, my heavy is different than someone else's heavy. (laughs) So we can train heavy and we can feel great as we age. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and you guys need to check out, um, Michelle's Instagram page because you were taking physique photos prior to your competition, visible abs at 52. (laughs) Just, I mean, so if you guys don't think that's possible, think again. Um, (laughs) and, and I mean, do you, just for, so people know, I mean, do you think you're like in a genetic anomaly or is this something like everybody can accomplish? I am nothing special. If I can do it, anyone can do it. I didn't start till, till I was 47. Okay. But it does take a lot of work and I do make choices. I make a choice when I go out. I don't, if I'm in a weight cut or meat prep, I don't drink alcohol. I just don't. The effects of it on the way I will train, the way I'll feel, the bloating I'll get. Um, you know, you just can't have muscles and like you said, visible abs mm-hmm. if you're drinking every weekend. Um, so there's choices I make. They're hard choices, but I don't mind those choices. Mm-hmm. Um, instead, it gives me a chance to focus on what I can do and how I feel. But also if I go out, then I'm focused on the event or the people I'm with and I'm visiting with or the social situation, not the drinking or not the food. So I really have to dial in my food during meat prep as well. Uh, this is this statistic has been quoted: eighty percent nutrition, twenty percent training. Do you think that holds true for for most people when it comes to, or is it is it different depending on the person? It's very true. It's very, okay. it's very true. Until I dialed in my food, so let's go back about five years when I first started to lift and compete in meats. I was doing CrossFit six days a week. And as you said on my Instagram, I have pictures of then versus now. Mm-hmm. I was about 20 pounds heavier then, um, but I was working out all the time, mm-hmm. but I had not dialed in my food. My nutrition at the time was, I didn't know about macros. I didn't track my food. I didn't weigh my food, measure my food. I just ate so-called clean, mm-hmm. but I ate a lot of clean food. <laughs> I thought if it's good, if it's clean and healthy, organic, whatever, I can eat a lot of it. And I just 
was struggling with my weight. Mm -hmm. I never had my weight in check. But now let's go back for the last four years. This is how I eat. I weigh my food. I measure my food. I track macros. I look at protein. I get pro I get that with every meal. Protein with every meal is key, especially mm -hmm. if you train and lift weights. Um, and now my weight's in check. I don't ever have to worry about it. That's amazing. If there is, so for a lot of people, macros are a scary thing, especially if you're a beginner starting out. But uh, is there one tip that you would give to beginners who are trying to get into good physical condition and need to really hit weight loss hard uh, going into, I don't know, starting weightlifting or something like that? It's going to be difficult at first, and it's going to seem like it's a lot of work. But trust me, it gets easier the more you do it. I have traveled, I have been on vacations, I've gone to every holiday, birthday, event, and I've still tracked my food. Mm. At least if, if you track something, then you know where you stand for that day. Yeah. You can't just say, well, I'm just gonna blow off today. You can do that once or twice, but if your goal is, is real weight loss, you have to be consistent, and you have to be consistent at least 80% of the time. Yeah, that, um, I can't remember who is talking about that. You can kind of, and do you, some people vary on this, are on the fence about, do you, can you binge once a month or have like this massive cheat day? Do you even recommend that when you're going through some sort of weight loss journey or? I do, especially for more of a gen pop yeah. culture um, that just look, just wants to lose some weight and look good and feel good. Mm -hmm. uh, personally, I do six days on, one day off. So I track, measure, weigh all my food, and, be, and I'm very restrictive for six days. On that, on that one day a week, I, w I will allow myself to, I don't like the word binge, <laughs> I'll allow myself to eat more, more food okay. than I usually do. I'll allow myself a cheat meal. I don't even like that word either. <laughs> I just call it my high day. Yeah. It's basically a high carb day. Okay because my food is so restrictive of the other six days. Mm -hmm. It's that one day to reset because if you stay in a diet phase week after week after week after week, you'll, you will adapt to that lower amount of food right. and you'll stop and weight loss will just stop. Okay. So you have to have that, di that one day of a diet break to reset gotcha. and then the weight loss will progress. Is that called a refeed? Is that what that's it called? It can be. Okay. Huh? I didn't Re know. Yes. I didn't know if there was a difference between that and... Diet break, what, whatever, whatever you want to call it, it's one day. Some people will do a week on and a week off. Some oh, wow. will do three or four days on, really strict, and two or three off. Okay. Just find what, what works for you. Um, I want to talk a little bit about MoStronger.com and how the business got started. A lot of the th times on this podcast, I like to approach <laughs> health and fitness from a business angle. So I love hearing about how you got started with that. Well, the business side, I don't like. Okay. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> I'm not good at it. I can do fitness and nutrition all day long, but I don't like the, I don't like the other part. And my husband, he runs a business, so he's been very good at helping me do that. So it came about last year when I lost my job. Mm -hmm. I worked at a local gym and of course gyms shut down. Yeah. So I lost my job and I didn't know how long I was gonna be with, without a job. Mm -hmm. During that time, a lot of things went to online. So I started taking a bunch of classes, getting certifications in fitness and nutrition. And I found I really enjoyed that, so I kept going. As gyms opened, I did not go back to my job. Mm -hmm. And my husband encouraged me to just start my own business and do it for myself and train people online re with remote coaching. Mm -hmm. And that's how this came about. So then I have my website and I built a business where I train people um, on nutrition. And I will also write workouts for them nice. i do powerlifting workouts as well as just someone who's at home and has dumbbells and some bands nice okay and so now we're seven months into uh the whole new business oh very cool oh so th so this is fairly recent i very recent okay very recent and i found out there's a lot 
of things involved with starting a business. Yeah, <laughs> a lot more than I thought. <laughs> it's a lot of work. So this has become a full-time job, really. Oh, I bet. Uh, what's been the response to that? Have you seen like overwhelming support and people come into you for for coaching and that kind of thing? Yes, I've had great success. My client base is pretty good now. Right. So right now it's just me. I'm 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 the only coach. I'd like to eventually hire on some more staff, but right now it's just me, and so I have enough clients to keep me really busy. Mm-hmm. Some I coach just nutrition, some I coach both fitness and their nutrition. Um, and from those clients, I've gotten some referrals from them too. Okay. Gotcha. And they've sent their friends, coworkers. Nice. Yeah. Is a lot of it in person? Or are you doing a mix of virtual in person? It's all virtual. It's all virtual. All okay. virtual, yes. So I have clients on the West Coast. Oh, wow. And I have clients here. Yep. Yeah. I have neat. clients all over. Very neat. <laughs> uh, for somebody who's just starting out in uh, weightlifting, um, and I don't know if there you see any differences with men versus women in terms of the type of equipment that you would recommend to them. But if somebody's trying to get into weightlifting, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm changing my mindset from being so cardio-focused to actually doing resistance training. Um, is there any one, one or two things that you would recommend they get and set up if they're trying to build their own training facility? For, for sure, I would say get some weights, get some kind of barbell. You don't have to have top-of-the-line barbell that I compete with. Get some plates. Um, bands are always good. Dumbbells are great. You don't have to have a big home gym. Um, I started off at a local gym here, a powerlifting gym. And I would say, first of all, don't be afraid to go to a gym. Some people feel like, well, I don't lift heavy. I'm going to go in there. It's going to be a bunch of bros lifting heavy, yelling, sweating. It's not, that's not the case. The lifting community is one that is helpful. They encourage each other. And that's what I like about going to a meet is you will be competing against women or men, but they also want you to do well. And they encourage you and they say, you got this lift, you can do it, because everyone just cheers everyone on. And so I think it's the same at a gym. If you find a good gym that has good stuff there, you're gonna, first of all, if you're just gonna start off, I would find a gym, because then you're gonna have a coach there to help you, you're gonna have the right equipment to train on, Mm -hmm. because you don't wanna train on bad stuff either and learn bad form Mm -hmm. right out of the gate. So just find a good gym and don't be afraid, because I started at 48 and I was I was a little afraid to go into that gym the first time trust me I was a little scared I'm like I don't know what this machine does or what this does and when they said put chains on the bar I said I don't even know what chains are but that's scary (laughs) so you started out in a real powerlifting gym you weren't just at some commercial generic facility no this was hardcore like they had every bar you could think of and I'm looking at all these bars I'm like I don't even know what they do I don't know how to even lift these bars yeah because some of those specialty bars are like 65, 85 pounds. I said, I can't even lift this out of the rack. Um, but I learned a lot. Mm-hmm. And don't be afraid to learn things. Don't be afraid to ask and say, what does this bar do? Because you can train on different bars and train different muscles, learn new things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is, um, for, uh, there's a lot of, at least in previous interviews that I've done, and talking to women who are also in weightlifting, there are some, like you mentioned, some fears about not only going to a gym, but being approached by other people, being intimidated. I think that's why Planet Fitness is honestly so popular is the gym intimidation kind of motto that they have and not telling people that that's not what's going to happen and you're going to be safe. But um, for women in particular uh, and, and, and having, what, what are some of the biggest fears that you've seen in your own uh, coaching they've had to overcome in order to get into weightlifting or resistance training and just being confident about that? Well, I think there's a myth that you have to go in and always lift heavy every time you train, and that's not true. First of all, you can't always go max effort every time you walk in the gym. There's no reason to. That's a great way to get hurt. Uh, You have to be smart in how you train, and you can't go into any gym and compare yourself to what someone else does and say, well, they come in every time and they're training heavy. Or you can't go in and automatically judge someone because they, they're lifting light because you don't know what injuries they deal with. 
what health issues they have. Maybe they can't train heavy, but they want to train. And for them, whatever they're lifting might be pretty heavy. Um, just like you can't go in and do max effort every time because that person will get hurt and you will not see them at the gym again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they won't be back. But I, I will say one of the things I miss about having a home gym now, I love it, but I miss being around people and having that, like when I have a heavy squat day, there's no one here to say, you got this, and to slap me on the back and say, get it. Um, it's all on me to psych mm -hmm. myself up. So it's really been a lot of mindset shift to get ready to lift on a heavy day or even on a day I just don't want to train. I don't have to drive to a gym. I have no excuse not to go train. <laughs> but re I think it is an investment in ourselves, whether you have to drive to a gym or not, whether you have to psych yourself up to go train with a bunch of guys. Because trust me, if, if you go to, to a, a gym that's just a lifting gym, focusing only on lifting, strongman, power lift, lifting, whatever it is, you will be amongst a bunch of males. Don't let that scare you. They will help you, and and you can learn a lot from them. You really can. Um, let's bust the myth that cardio is better than weightlifting for weight loss. Can you give a couple of reasons why um, anybody, honestly, would want to pursue that over exclusively cardio? I would say the biggest reason that's false is because you're not gonna make any changes to your body composition by simply doing rowing or running or walking or all those things are good. Mm -hmm. Getting in steps is good. Walking is great. Run, if you run, that's great, but I would not exclusively run because you're not gonna strength train your legs. You're gonna have no strength in your arms. As we age, you have to not only build strength to keep yourself, keep, keep your bones in, in good, good health, um, and you wanna feel good as you age and not be hunched over. Posture is key, but you also are not gonna see a change if you're doing it for weight loss, and you think if you work out an hour a day and run an hour a day, you're not going to see the change in your body that you want. You are going to almost, I hate to say this, look skinny fat. Mm -hmm. And you're not going to build that strength. You can't bulk up. That's just a myth. You can't, you can't train, strength train for an hour a day in the gym and get really huge. Your muscles are not going to bulk up that quickly, that much. There's people I, I know that train for hours a day and can't get that kind of bulk. So I don't know if that answered your question. It does. It does. So you're telling me that a, a woman cannot look like a man who does strongman and is, you know, like six foot five and absolutely bristling. Not with unless <laughs> she is on some type of enhancement. <laughs> if you take enhancements, yes, I would recommend that because that also comes with drawbacks. It's going to do a lot of things to you that you're not going to like. Mm -hmm. Your body will not like that. But there's people that do it, and I know people that do it, and um, there's nothing wrong if that's your choice, um, if that's the look that you want. But you're not going to get that on your own. Okay. Yeah. You will not look like a, we aren't we aren't designed to look like a man. We weren't we aren't built like a man, so we're not going to look like a man just by training on our own yep. strength training. Sure. You can't. Sure. It's not physically possible. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of that. Um, when you were first getting into this and starting your business and getting in powerlifting and kind of, you know, talking about your journey, I mean, were you getting any hate from anybody online about, oh, you know, you can't, you, you shouldn't be doing that or like, you know, uh, uh, women shouldn't be lifting weights or any, any pushback or was it more, more or less positive from the, the community? I really didn't. Um, I can't, I, I hate to say that. I haven't gotten any hate yet. I don't want to start. Um, <laughs> I think everyone has to do what's best for them. If you don't want to lift heavy, you don't have to. Um, it's just, that's just what works for me. Some people might like, you know, just running or walking, getting in steps every day. There's nothing wrong with, with that, especially if, if you're someone going from just sitting on the couch to just now trying to walk, let's say 10,000 steps a day. There's nothing wrong with that. I would never push anyone to do anything 
that they don't want 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 to go out and do because if you if you don't want to do it it's not going to be fun i wouldn't do this if it weren't fun i love what i do um so i say start where you're at start with what feels good to you um i mean i guess people will always hate but i haven't seen that in fact i've gotten my family encourages me my friends <laughs> i feel like and so therefore the pressure's on to kind of be more of an example to mm -hmm. everyone i try to encourage i try to be that influence uh, I try to look a certain way so that I can inspire someone else mm -hmm. to do that. Because if I can do it, anyone can do it. And I don't look a certain way for me. I look a certain way because I want to feel good, but also help others yeah. in how they look. Because in the end, we all want to look the, our best. Right. That's the goal. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, speaking of nutrition, uh, what is your a day look like when you're eating through for competition versus what it would be say during an off season it's pretty much the same i just get to eat more food when i'm not in meat prep um so i did it kind of an experiment last year i cut weight for a meet in july and i cut weight from the 63 kilogram weight class to 57 so i did a 12 pound weight cut last summer the reason I did that is I wanted to see how competitive I was at the lower weight class. But I always told myself if it started to affect my strength on the bar, that I was going to stop, okay. that I was going to go back up to the 63. And as you can see, I have records in all weight classes. There's nice. some 57 and some oh, wow. 63, 69 is up there too. That's where I started. Okay. Um, so what happened last year, it went well. I did the weight cut dropped 12 pounds, which to answer the question you asked was, I just cut my calories pretty significantly. I wouldn't recommend that unless you compete. Yeah. That's not a good way to lose weight and keep it off for the long term. You can't sustain that. Okay. So then I liked how I competed. I liked the records I set. I set more state records at that meet and then I maintained that. So then the meet I did in March was the same thing, 57. I had to cut a little bit for that. I don't sit at 125 pounds. So I had to cut about four pounds for this last meet. Well, then I went right into the next meet prep, nationals, which was just a week ago, mm -hmm. two, two weeks ago. It was in June, I don't know when this will air. Nationals was in June, I competed on June 14th. That one didn't go so well. I had been in a weight cut too long and it was starting to show with the weight on the bar. My strength wasn't there. I didn't have the meat I had planned or hoped. I was lifting more weight in the gym than I did that day on the platform. Mm -hmm. So I've since called it quits and I'm gonna put on a little more weight this year. Now I'm just trying to build strength so I'm gonna eat more food, put on some more weight, some muscle, and see where it goes from there. I tried it. I tried it for as long as I could and it didn't work. The bottom line is when you cut weight, you have to do it carefully. You have to do it with a coach because it's going to affect your strength if you're not careful. So I think people try to reduce their food intake for so long and they hope that's how they're gonna lose weight. Mm -hmm. Eventually the weight loss stops and they don't know why and it's because they've been at such a low amount of food for so long. The calories are just not there. Your body is going into starvation mode. Mm -hmm. It's trying to survive and so you're not gonna lose weight. So the way I eat is I basically eat the same thing every day. I'll add a little more food if I'm in a bulk phase and I'm trying to add some weight, some muscle, and I'll just take away some food if I'm trying to cut weight. Mm -hmm. It's pretty easy. It's pretty simple. Calories in, <laughs> calories out. Bulking sounds scary, though. <laughs> it's very scary when that scale goes up, yeah. but your strength goes up, too. Yeah. But I basically just try to eat the same thing every day, some variation. Um, I try to save my so-called treats or special cheat meals when I go out to eat. Okay. Um, but if I'm home, I just meal prep my meats, proteins, my carbs, my rice, and things like that. Um, it's a pretty basic diet, some variation, um, lots of egg whites, lots of chicken, lots of lean beef, 
Um, I do try to watch my fat intake, so I don't eat a lot of high-fat meat. Okay. Um, rice and potatoes, some vegetables, really good vegetables. I try to get my carb sources from fruits and vegetables. Okay. I don't eat, I eat some bread. I eat bread about once a day. Um, that's yeah but okay. i i eat real food <laughs> yeah yeah you're not on like protein shakes the entire day or something like that i'm not and it's funny you say that because protein intake for for me is very high i yeah, yeah. i eat a lot yeah. i eat a lot um and i get asked that all the time clients will ask me you know what do i think about protein bars and shakes and I think they're just a supplement to a good diet. They yeah. shouldn't be the main part of your diet. Yeah. So many of them have fillers in them or things you shouldn't have, artificial sweeteners and things that you don't even know what's in them. So I wouldn't make that the main part of your diet. I would add, I'll add some once in a while, but not a lot. Definitely not bars. I don't eat protein bars. When your protein stack is 50 ingredients long, you probably know there's something wrong. <laughs> yes, there's probably too much in there. If you compare that to like chicken breast, yeah. which is just chicken, yeah. or egg whites, which is just egg whites. Mm. I eat egg whites every morning for breakfast. So nice. even on vacation, I eat egg whites. So how do you keep from that from being boring? Because I'm sure people are listening to this and they're going, oh, I can never possibly eat that way. It sounds so like bland and I know there's a cheat meal on the weekend, but like how, how do you keep it interesting for yourself and keep consistent? Well, I go back to the fact that it's hard. Mm -hmm. I'm used to it now. I don't mind it. I'll vary it with egg whites with some cheese or egg whites with bacon or egg whites with veggies. I mix it up. It's not always the same, but honestly, we have to choose our hard. And that's my philosophy in life. Everything is hard. If I wanted to eat, you know, muffins every morning for breakfast, that's going to be hard too, because I'm going to put on a crap ton of fat and I'm going to look bad and I'm going to feel bad. I'm going to feel better. Right. But the muffins are so good, but I'll feel better if I eat the egg whites yeah. and I know I'll feel better and I'll train better. I'll perform better. I'll recover better. I'll put on muscle. So it's making that choice and saying, you know, I'd rather have the egg whites versus a muffin with a side of insulin later on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yes, it's hard, but everything in life is hard. And we all make a choice every day. Everything we do is a choice. Everything's hard. And I say, choose your hard. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't coin that. I don't know where I got that from. I heard it somewhere, <laughs> but that's my philosophy is choose your hard. Yeah. Everything's hard. If I don't, if, if I don't exercise or lift, mm -hmm. that's hard too because then my joints will hurt. And me, I wake up now, I'm on no prescriptions at 52. I wake up feeling good. I can move my body. Um, I don't have aches or pains. Yeah. So yes, it's hard to lift heavy. It's hard to train. It's hard to psych myself up to go work out, but it's also hard not to. I want to ask you about that. Were you go, were you on prescriptions? Were you having- Absolutely not. I've not, I've not. I've not had health issues personally, but I grew up with parents and family that have had a history of that. And so I wanted to change that trajectory. Gotcha. Um, I lost my dad to, he had a heart attack in his fifties and then again in his sixties and died really young. Uh, my grandfather had that. My grandmother had issues. Um, it's just a long line of yeah. health issues, and I don't want to repeat that. Yeah. I'm trying not to. Yeah, <laughs> that would be a good thing. <laughs> well, you're leaving such a legacy for your, you know, your family and your kids and their kids, just seeing how you're you know, progressing through the strength world. Um, I, I'll go back to the conversation about nutrition again, <clears throat> talking about supplements. Supplement industry is heavily marketed, huge. Um, there's a lot of confusion around, oh, do you take this? Do you take BCAs? Do you take EAs? Do you take protein? Do you take, th uh, what's your stance on supplements across the board? I mean, I, we've already talked about protein, but anything else, do you think it really affects or marginally affects performance, particularly for competition? It depends. That's the answer. I mean, it depends on how you train and what you do. Um, I would say supplements are something that you don't need if you already eat a good diet and you fo and you work on um, the nutrition side. I don't recommend supplements to anyone, not because I don't believe in them, but I don't really, I think it's all marketing. I think most of it is just to sell product. 
and I think so many of them out there, so many times we can get caught up, and I did too. I got caught up in every diet out there, the cleanse diet, the low-carb diet, keto diet. I bought every supplement. There was a time I think I was on like 14 supplements a day oh because I thought the more I do, the more the weight will come off, and I didn't understand that it was really I had to do the work. That being said, there's a few I personally take because I think they're important. I take fish oil. Mm -hmm. um, I take a joint supplement that I've researched and found one that's very clean that I really like that I think works. Mm -hmm. And I think a joint supplement is helpful if you're my age and you train. Mm -hmm. I have to be careful how I train. I have to, I may have to wear a powerlifting belt or like uh, wrist wraps when another athlete may not have to. For bench, I wear wrist wraps. When I squat, I wear knee sleeves. Because I'm older, my joints are older, I want to protect them, not because I'm injured. Mm -hmm. I'm all about the prevention side of lifting. Uh, so I take fish oil, I take vitamin C, uh, I take a joint supplement. That's really all I take. Okay. Um, at night, sometimes for sleep, I'll take a zinc sleep stack. Okay. Yeah. But really, I think we can do, I think our body can do it on its own. It's when we start to add too much or take away. So I've had clients who say, well, I cut dairy out. Well, that's great. Why did you cut that out? I just feel better. I just thought I wanted to cut, I just want to cut that out because every, well, because they heard mm, yeah. that's good for you. Yep. The problem with that is you cut dairy out or cut any food group out, your body stops producing an enzyme to break that down. So then you go to eat it again a year later or two years later, and you start having all kind of issues, GI issues, all kind of stuff, because your body's like, well, we haven't had this for a while. So I really think you should get your vitamins from food, mm -hmm. but I know that's not always possible. As far as EAAs go and BCAAs, I made the switch from BCAAs to EAAs years ago because I, thought, I felt like they'd do more. Mm -hmm. That being said, I take such a small amount, it's only 10 grams, in a workout shake, okay. which is a very small amount. It's not even half a scoop, I don't think. Yeah. And then I take HBCD, which is cyclic dextrin. Okay. Um, that's my carb source okay. in my intra-workout shake. Gotcha. And again, that's only 10 grams. It's a very small amount. Mm -hmm. I take that just because I train for three hours at a time. Wow. I don't recommend that because you don't need it if you train for an hour or less. Yeah. There's no reason to have any carbs into workout. I do it, first of all, to get the extra carbs because I train for a long time, but also I don't have time to stop and eat. Right. Right. <laughs> I train for three hours. I don't have time to stop and eat. Yeah. Um, but I don't think it's necessary. Mm -hmm. It's not going to hurt you if you take it. It's, it is going to add extra carbs mm -hmm. to your day. I'd rather eat those 10 grams of carbs, but instead I drink them in my sure. intra-workout. <laughs> I mean, when you're down to like 70 grams of carbs a day, I don't really want to spend 10 yeah. on my intra-workout shake, but I've done that before. <laughs> yeah. wow. uh, training. So I know we were talking a little bit before uh, we started recording about, um, you know, I've I personally despise running, so I'll do anything to avoid running. I'll do a salt bike. I'll do a rower. I'll do anything. Um, <clears throat> is there, have you found any sort of cardio and conditioning? Well, first of all, stance on cardio and conditioning. Is anything over 10 reps cardio? <laughs> anything over five reps is if it's heavy enough. Trust me. Um, trust me. And do you have a preference? Or do you recommend um, certain types of uh, cardio for clients over others? I think running is great. I think you have to be careful, though, especially as we age. People go out and do it, and I think they don't start off the right way. I think they just go out and try to run a mile or two miles. And I've known people, clients especially, that have gotten hurt. So there's one client I recommend they start walking because they were sedentary. Oh, yeah. And I said, just walk 20 minutes three times a week. They emailed me the next week and said, I started running, and now I've hurt my ankle. And I said, wait a minute, hold on. I didn't tell you to start running. <laughs> Why are we running? Um, running's great if, you're, if you can do it. Um, I like rowing for me personally because it's over, all over body conditioning. It works your arms, your back, your core, your legs. Um, 
and at my age, I don't need to be running. I have no business out there running. Um, walking is great, though. Yeah. Assault bike is good. I hate it. It's super yeah. hard. Yeah. I always feel like I'm going really fast, and I'm not. Um, but that's a good one, too, the bike. But I think you have to be careful. I think you do too much of that. And if that's all you do, mm-hmm. you're going to shorten your um, hip flexors. You're going to ha- start having knee issues because you're always in that sitting position or that running position. Um, I think running is good because it's single leg Mm -hmm. and I'm focused my athletes on doing a lot of single leg work, balance work, because that's hard. And that's what we lose as we age too. Mm -hmm. Like you try to do single leg step up on a box. It's pretty hard Uh, and control it, not just flailing all over the place. Um, I'm not opposed to running or any conditioning like that. Mm -hmm. I think there's a place for it. It's necessary. I don't personally get a lot of that. Just like I'm also not a fan of focusing on just ab exercises. Yeah. I think people get the misconception that you can target train your abs. What's going to train your abs is any of the conditioning like rowing where you are activating your abs or squatting where you activate your abs or anything with resistance weights that you activate your abs. Yeah. And also cutting down on the food will help your abs. <laughs> yeah, that seems to, so, yeah, so that, that seems to be the most effective is the actual, is a nutrition component to actually exposing the fat layer. Like, Absolutely. it's not, you know, not doing crunch. I mean, are crunches or, you know, sit-ups going to be the thing that really. You can do some of those. Uh, I personally do plank because again, it's over all over. It works your back, mm-hmm. stabilizes everything and it helps you with that tension under load that you're going to feel when you're doing a squat or a bench. Um, But that's not going to get you abs. I could do planks all the time, but then if I finish planks and I go in and eat cookies, it's not going to help me. I love cookies, but I don't eat them every day. (laughs) Cookies are amazing. Uh, You have so many um, awards on the wall. Can you talk just a little bit about the... (laughs) Uh, what we're seeing here and the kinds of awards you've won for lifting. So most of my records are state records. So I um, have 18 state records in total bench, squat, deadlift, everything uh, for my age group and weight class. All different weight classes too. I started off, I actually did start as a 72 kilogram lifter uh, way back when. And I managed to cut weight now to 57. I do have an overall top 10 rank because last year when all the meets got shut down, USAPL could not host any meets. So they did an online thing where everyone who competed in a meet got ranked. They just ranked everyone based on how you did in in your last meet. And I placed in the top 10. So I was pretty pleased with that. Um, Right now I'm only lifting 750 pounds total. Uh, I'd like to get to 800. That's my goal this year. Um, And then I have an American record over there. I set my first one in March. That's on the deadlift. I set my first American record. Nice. Best deadlift in the country. Oh, my gosh. So excited. It was 355, 355 pounds. Wow, that's amazing. At that time, I weighed 125, yeah. No way. Almost three times body weight. Yeah. That's my goal is three times body weight. Are you planning on trying to beat that again? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. All these are going to get beat at some point. <laughs> All these are going down at some point. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I just beat my own squat record. So oh, I, I set a new one on squat at two weeks ago at 260 pounds. Nice. Yeah, that's my best squat ever. Wow. Um, where did you, for context, where did you start with these lifts? So you're at 72. I mean, what were you lifting and where are you lifting now? 72, I was only lifting in the 600s. Okay. And now I'm, list, I'm lifting 750 at a meet. Okay. Which I'd like to get to 800 would be my goal. Yeah. I mean, you always, I always have goals. Yeah. I always have goals in mind. Mm-hmm. I never train without a goal. Yeah. I always think I want to get better. I want to get stronger. I want to lift more. Yeah. I, it seems to me like, and talking with you and, and, you know, other trainers is if you don't have that long-term goal in mind, it doesn't even have to be anything fancy that you tend to lose motivation and just revert back to whatever lifestyle habit you had previously. I mean, Mm -hmm. um, do you think that, uh, what, 
is that one of the most important aspects for, for training is actually having that long-term goal or anything that's more important than that? I think it is. And I think for me uh, personally, I will always write down my goals. Mm -hmm. I either have them posted on my gym, which I don't now because I just finished a meet, mm -hmm. or I'll write them down. I actually literally will put them by my sink, my bathroom sink. Okay. So I can see them every day. I put my goals in front of me. Um, right now it's kind of a weird time because I don't have a goal. I don't have a meet planned. Nationals next year is my next big goal. Yeah. And so there's kind of a long time lapse there. So I'm kind of in this phase of, I told my coach yesterday, we actually had a talk and I said, I don't know what to do now because I'm kind of in this, this phase of what are my goals? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. My goals are just to build strength. So you should always have a goal, even if it's just a goal to build strength or just lose one pound a week or, you know, just feel better, just be able to run more, or bike more or lift more. You should always have a goal. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Otherwise, how do you measure if what you're doing is working? Right. The scale is one goal when we have weight loss, but so is taking pictures and seeing how your clothes fit and mm -hmm. how you feel and how you look and are you sleeping better? Are you feeling better? Do you have brain fog or are you starting to become more clear? I have a client recently who I had not worked with her for very long, a couple months, and she was tracking macros and tracking her food and working out. And she said, I don't have to take naps now every day. I said, well, that's huge. Whether you lost weight that week or not, that's huge. Yeah. That's a victory right there. That's a great goal to just feel better and not have to. And she's 20 something. No, so to not have to nap, not have to nap is huge. We don't understand how bad we feel mm -hmm. until we start to feel good. Yeah. Until we dial in our food. The workouts are great, but they're just a small part of what makes us feel good. Yeah. Yeah. I know for me, I miss it when I don't work. I've been gone for two weeks. I've been traveling to nationals and then on vacation. So I finally got back in the gym the other day and I just, I missed it. Yeah. I missed it. I couldn't wait to get back. Yeah. I mean, hotel gyms are great, but I missed my gym. <laughs> <laughs> What's um, actually speaking of that? So travel and those kind of things. I mean, people tend to fall off the wagon and then get you know get discouraged about getting back on. I mean, what's your advice for people who are having to travel or you know just want to take a vacation? They're lifting. They're away from their home gym. Um, any any tips or tricks for uh, other other than <laughs> researching the closest gym to you when you're on mm -hmm. vacation? <laughs> Well, that depends on the person. Mm -hmm. For me personally, when we go on vacation, my husband knows the very first thing after we check in, I have to find the gym. Okay. Where's the hotel gym? Where's the gym at that resort? Whatever, wherever we're at. Um, I want to know where it is so the next day I can plan. I always block out time on vacation to lift or train, even if there's not a squat rack there or bar barbells or plates. I'll do something. Mm -hmm. I'll do machines. I'll do bands. I always bring my own ba bands, my own gym bag. But for some people, and I'll tell clients this too, if it's vacation and you don't want to train, I wouldn't train. Okay. If you take a week off and you maybe eat like crap, there's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. You're not going to gain weight. You're not going to gain five pounds. The scale might go up, but mm -hmm. that's not fat gain. Right. It's just a week of eating bad <laughs> and then come back and get right back at it. Yeah. Because first of all, if you go on if you eat like crap, you're going to feel bad. So you don't want to eat yourself sick too. I say don't eat like an asshole on vacation. Sorry, sorry I said that. <laughs> eat sensibly, but yeah. you can have fun and go on vacation, have a glass of wine, have dessert, enjoy yourself, and then come back and get right back at tracking, watching what you eat, mm -hmm. and working out. Yeah. And that's how we're supposed to live life. If it's so... If it's such a restrictive plan that you can't enjoy life, then why do it? Right. And people won't do it and they're gonna quit. But it's, I have clients that go on vacation and come back. Well, my husband, last week with me, he came back from vacation, he said, I haven't gained a pound. But he enjoyed himself, mm -hmm. he worked out a couple times, mm -hmm. had some treats, mm -hmm. but he got right back at it when he got home. In fact, he has his first meet coming up in two weeks, so. <gasps> no way! Yeah. Awesome. Very first meet. Was he doing that with you before or training with you before? Not at all. Oh, wow. <laughs> Just our girls mm -hmm. and my son-in-law and myself and now my husband. No way. <laughs> so now we all do it. That's amazing. Yeah, see, this he is the kind of inspiration. Yeah. He got on board, finally. Oh, man. That's awesome. 
Um, He's 53 and just starting. So. Nice. Hey, you can start at any age, honestly. Absolutely. Honestly. <laughs> um, do you find that have that be, you know having the the personality online is really motivating for you to keep going or I know you have a coach, but for those, for people that don't have a coach, do you recommend, I don't know, creating a social media profile and trying to get people on board with whatever you're doing or just having accountability with a few friends or doing some, some type of, I don't know, uh, cause not everybody can afford to, to be trained mm-hmm, or coached mm-hmm, online. Mm-hmm. Well, there's different co- coaches out there. Some are more one-on-one. Some are just a remote coach who won't really work with you and check in with you. Okay. They'll just say, here, do this workout or do this meal plan, um, which I'm not a fan of meal plans because I don't think as a client you learn anything from meal plans. I think it's great for somebody to tell you what to eat, but then what happens when you go out to eat? What happens when you don't work with them anymore? You haven't learned anything. Mm -hmm. So when I work with a client on nutrition, I teach them how to do what I do, which is how I've made weight for every meet I've competed in how I keep my weight in check all year round, I teach them how to do it for themselves. So one day they don't need me. Um, that being said, I, you know, I think if, if you tell someone your goals, like when I tell someone I have a meet coming up, they're going to ask me about it. My friends are going to ask me. When I post it online, people are going to say, great job, good luck. You know, how was it? And I'm committed then. I can't back out. So I think by telling your friends, posting it, putting it out there, mm-hmm. tell your spouse, try to get your spouse on board. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that will help you reach those goals because then you have that support, but also it's harder to back out of something if somebody's asking you about it. Like when I check in with a client every week, they know I'm gonna ask them, how is your food this week? Your hydration, your sleep, your workouts? And they have to answer me. They can lie to me, <laughs> but the numbers don't lie. So. Right. I'll know if they're doing the work or not. So I think by having that out there, tell somebody, tell somebody you work with, and you might inspire someone to come on board and do it with you. Oh, well, that sounds like fun. I'll do it with you. Yeah, I mean, the fact that your husband is is getting on board with this too, even after so many years, is a testament to that. I mean, he lives with me. I don't think he has a choice. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. He has to <laughs> by default. <laughs> oh my gosh! Any any really? I, I try to always ask this during during these type of interviews. Any really cool success stories that you've seen? I know it hasn't been a, a whole long while since you've started coaching, but um. Any really cool success stories that you've seen in that short time of people coming to you and having a, some sort of transformation or you know lifestyle change? Just week to week, I hear people, and I had one uh, athlete right now that I coach and I do nutrition for them. Um, just hearing their story of you know my mindset has changed to where I don't punish myself now for what I eat. I don't think that having a brownie is a bad thing. In fact, I encourage a client, I'll say, have the brownie, have the cookie, have the muffin, have what you want to have, but just know what it's gonna cost you. You have control over the food. So when I have a client say to me, and I just had this just recently, a mindset shift of now I know that I can do this, have control over the food and not the food control me. Mm And I don't feel like after I eat this, I have to go out for a run and punish myself because I ate bad. Mm -hmm. There is no bad and good. It's looking at food for what it is. It's Mm going to fuel you if you let it Mm -hmm. and making that choice. And sometimes we're going to make a bad choice. I make bad choices. There's nothing wrong with that. I love pizza. (laughs) I love cookies. I'll eat them from time to time, but I know what it costs me. I know when I can do it, and I am in control. The food does not control me. So when I have clients come to me saying their mindset is shifted or they are an older client and they have blood work done and their blood work, no, their blood work comes back better than ever, I know they're doing the right thing and it's helping them. Um, in terms of resistance training and differences between men and women when training, um, uh, do you notice any significant differences? I mean, uh, aside from weight pulled, but... Um, either in technique or things you need to watch for being a female versus being a guy um, when you're doing this kind of thing? Or are they, is it you know, pretty straightforward across the board? You've got this technique, it's going to work for you, and, and that's it. I think you find what works for you. I've seen, um, obviously, let's look at squats. Squat mm-hmm. variations 
I'm short, so my squat stance is a narrower stance versus some guys who are bigger have a wide squat stance. Okay. I do know guys that have a narrow, narrow short stance, or squat stance. Um, I think it depends on the person and how you're built and what feels comfortable to you. Okay. Uh, on squat, I can put my hands really close in on the bar. Some guys have a wider grip on uh, squat. Same with bench press. Some people have a super big arch on their bench, which helps them. Women and men, um, some people don't. I think it's all about how you're built. Okay. I don't think you should force anything. I think we tend to look at Instagram or Facebook or videos and say, oh, my squat should look like this elite athlete or this person, and no, you have to squat the way you can squat, bench the way you can bench, pull the way you can pull. Do what works for you. <laughs> I mean, I so I deadlift sumo style. Sumo is just my preference. <laughs> I started conventional, but then I realized I'm stronger in my quads than in my hamstrings and my glutes. So I switched. That being said, I start with my hips higher okay. when yep. I pull. Yep. I get fussed all the time. My coach has stopped fussing at me for it because she's like, I know that's just how you pull. I pull with higher hips. Okay. And that's just how I pull best. I have a deadlift record, American yeah. record to show it. So yeah. I, obviously it works, but I don't try to emulate some of the great lifters because they pull and lift the way they can do it best. Yep. The end goal is to lift the most weight. Right. That's always the end goal. Right. In fact, we just talked about it. My coach and I were like, should we change my bench a little bit? Do I bench better if I have a wider grip and so we're just playing around with some things right now mm -hmm. to see what's going to work best now that I'm not training for anything but you're always trying to tweak it and find that little advantage I think yeah yeah um, last year I had a hip issue on my left hip that I was seeing somebody for and my hip was just giving me a fit so I really had almost no arch and so I was benching with my feet up Oh, wow. In okay. training. Mm -hmm. Well, then I had a meet in July, and I was like, is this going to act up? Is this going to flare up? I was nervous. I was scared. Mm -hmm. Is my hip going to act up? Because it would go up into my back, and then I was down for a day or so. Yeah. So I wasn't arching at all, and it really affect, did affect my bench some. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> bench is one of those funny lifts that it takes you a while to go up and bench. I will usually chase a bench PR for about a year. Wow. Okay. Before and you have to be patient. You can't give up and say, "Okay, I didn't get it, so I quit." Yeah. Well, then what? You never go up. You then you never go up. Same with if you eat bad one day. Okay, I just ate pizza, so <laughs> the whole day is ruined. It's all I done. give up. Because <laughs> that makes sense, right? Right. Yeah. So what I liken it to with clients is like if you're in traffic, you're sitting there and you're you're moving slow, but mm -hmm. you're not getting to where you need to be. What should you just pull off and stop? No, you just keep going. Eventually, you'll get there. <laughs> Eventually. Yep. So I missed my bench PR a couple weeks ago, and I was really mad about it because in my mind, I had it. <laughs> I said, I missed it in July. I missed it in March. I'm going to get it in June, mm -hmm. and I missed it again. So it's been a year. Gotcha. I've done, I've done that in the gym. I just missed it at the meet. Do you think, was this why you were having that hip issue the entire time, or was it just? The hip's better. Okay. I just have to keep up with my exercises for it but um the hips doing good it's just my strength wasn't there okay when it comes to a meet you're not going to have all of your lifts getting stronger at one time yeah sometimes bench is stronger than deadlift sometimes squat will come along it just depends so like i said this last meet i had a squat pr but i didn't get my bench yep. that happens yeah I had planned to do both, but <laughs> <laughs> don't always come together that way. And that's okay. Um, is, oh man, you mentioned Instagram. So I'm going to dive into the BS that is Instagram. So what have been your, I've asked this before about somebody, uh, what have been your least favorite <sighs> statements and, or kind of misconceptions about the health and health and fitness in general? They've seen online. I mean, you've, obviously, you have tons of people who have pass, plastic surgery telling people you should do this to get this kind of butt, and it's mm -hmm. obviously not true. But mm -hmm. um, anything that you particularly despise that you're seeing just spewed, spewed online, particularly on Instagram? Well, I try not to go on there, first of all. <laughs> I'm not a huge fan. Um, 
because I try to follow somebody who's real. Okay. I try not to look at peop- some, somebody who only posts about how they look because then because it's not all about how we look. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about how we feel. And I think there's, there is, if, if you're not careful, you can get caught up in, I have to look a certain way and how do I get there? And I need to buy this BS that they're selling. It's really just sales. We're all either selling ourselves, product, something. Um, there is no quick fix, and I think Instagram has us thinking there is. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, I, when I've lost weight over the last four years, it's been four years. It hasn't been six weeks. It hasn't been six months. And I don't think, I, I tell people I don't preach a very sexy message. What I preach is weight loss takes time. Mm-hmm. It takes effort, it takes hard work, but that's how you lose the weight and learn how to keep it off. I will teach you how to keep it off, not just to look good for a vacation in six weeks. You can look good in six weeks. You can do it with sacrificing your health and you're limiting your food, but you're not gonna feel good. The vacation may not be very fun and when you get there, then what do you do? Where's, where's the finish line? Yeah. What's the hurry? Right. Our health is a long-term goal, and I want to stay in this sport for a long time, mm-hmm. so I take that seriously. Yeah. I don't risk anything. Mm-hmm. I don't risk anything when I'm lifting. I don't risk anything with my food and my health. I want to be doing this for a long time. I just competed with some of the strongest women in the country two weeks ago, and some of them are 70 years old. And they are so impressive. Wow. The women I competed with that are 50 and up are just amazing. You would not believe how strong they are. That's my goal one day to be like them. <laughs> it was so fun to be there. It was so fun. Yeah, I can imagine. Well, and two, going back to that six weeks and, and get on vacation thing and look great. I mean, you're going to have a, re- I would imagine, you're going to have a rebound that's ridiculous from that. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, mm-hmm. oh, now I look great and I can just eat whatever I want, but there's no going back to the long-term goal setting. Why, why did you do that in the first mm-hmm. place? And what's the next step? What for did you? you lose? Yeah. Did you lose fat? Probably you didn't lose as much fat as you lost some muscle. Mm-hmm. So you may look good for that week long vacation, but then you're going to feel bad and you're going to come back and then do what? You probably gain that much back or more to where I feel like, for me personally, I can go on vacation anytime and be ready to put on a bathing suit mm-hmm. because I always feel good. I always keep my weight in check. There is no up and down. Your hormones are gonna go crazy too if your weight's always up and down. Right. And who wants that? Right. That comes with its all its own set of problems, so. Sure. Well, and, and just to clarify, when you're saying you don't want your weight going up and down, there, it's okay to cycle. I'm assuming it's okay to cycle between, you know, a few pounds lost mm-hmm. or gained Absolutely. per day. Like you don't want to be on the scale every every single day or something like that. But no, but I do think people should weigh every day. If if okay. if you're in a weight loss phase, and here's why: not to get obsessive about the scale, mm-hmm. because if we start to get obsessive about the scale, well, then let's not weigh. Mm-hmm. But if you only weigh one or two days a week, what if those are the higher days? What if those are the days, the day before you ate a ton of vegetables? So the water in the vegetables caused you to gain a pound or two. And if you're only weighing on those days, then you might just see the higher weight. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you weigh every day, we can see a trend and see an average and see is the weight coming down. That's the only reason I have people weigh every day. I weigh every day, personally. Mm And sometimes I'll weigh at night because I like to see the trend of my weight at night versus the morning so that I know when a meet comes up, am I going to be three pounds difference in the morning right. or four or five? Okay. What does my weight tend to do? Because we're all different. Everyone's different. There's no set plan for how we should do this. Okay. It depends on how you react to the weight loss. Yeah, because how close are those weight classes together? Well, there's 12 pound difference. Okay. 57 and 63. And okay. I think I'm going to go back up to the 63 this okay. next meet because, like I said, I tried my experiment with the lower weight mm-hmm. and it worked for a while, but it affected the weight on the bar. And I want to get some more weight on the bar. Sure. Absolutely. I have some big goals. Nice. <laughs> Got to be breaking records again. Yes. 
Very nice. Um, oh, by the way, I didn't, didn't ask you this. Uh, did you have a background in exercise science or physiology or anything like that? None. <laughs> None. <laughs> None. I just always liked it, but it's weird because when, like, like I said, when everything shut down, it was like, now what do I do? Um, and my kids are grown. And I think some people might think I'm obsessive because I compete and I'm so into my weight and competing and the weight on the bar and this and that, but what they don't understand and what my girls understand, my husband understands is I, I stayed home and raised my kids. Yeah. So my whole life was my kids when they went off and went to college and got married and now they live far away. It's like, this is all I have. Mm -hmm. This is, this is for me. This is my career. This is my promotion. This is what people normally get when they're like, Oh, I got a big promotion and I've advanced in my career. So to say it's obsessive, it might be to some, but for me, this is what I have. This is what I do. And I've never had that before. I've never gotten to do something for me. So now that I can, yeah. Did you homeschool by chance? I did not homeschool. No, okay. no I did not homeschool. <laughs> I did not. <laughs> They're so glad I didn't homeschool them too. They probably think I did because I was like, get that work done. Yeah, no, exactly. no, I didn't homeschool. I just stayed home with my kids yeah. and followed my husband around with his career and moved around and did everything for everyone else. And now I'm doing this for me. I found what I love. So I say, find what you love and do it. Yeah. Completely agree. Well, that's fantastic. Well, uh, Michelle, thank you so much for being willing to come on the Freedomcast. And um, can you tell people where they can find you and if they want to get coached? Oh, yes. Instagram, most stronger and website, most stronger.com. M O E S T R O N G E R. Awesome. Well, Michelle, I appreciate it and uh, wishing you much luck and many records broken going here uh, on forward. So I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Please give FreedomCast a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. It would mean a lot, a lot, a lot to our business. Plus, it's fun to read y'all's reviews. See you next time.